Hi everyone, this is Lifestyle of Gay Black Boy, and I am, uh, I didn't prepare a name today. You know what? I will be Ganta, Ganta Igarashi. Figure it out. Very good anime. If you like it, I'll buy you a drink. I have yet to buy anybody a drink yet at a bar. Most people haven't figured it out without Googling, but you figure out this name and I see you at the bar this weekend, I'll buy you a drink. I gotcha. I hope you guys have all had a great week. It's Friday again. Friday the 13th was amazing. It was so much fun. It was beautiful. I'm pretty sure people saw the pics of going to that unlucky Friday event. And I was dressed as the Sin of Pride. And whenever I'm in drag, my name is going to be Bell Dandy for drag. So thank you for everybody who supported me in it and had fun that night. It was so much fun. Victor, who is a part of Come Out Rochester, um, thank you for making that event. It was fantastic. I enjoyed it. Can't wait for the next one. And the next week is just the massive event, most massive event ever. I'll explain why. It's because it's my birthday. So it'll be fun. But uh, I hope you guys have all had a good week. I hope you're enjoying it. And if you would like to interact with the show in any way, shape, or form, feel free to do so. You can find me on all of the social medias at Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy or Lifestyle GBB. Um, you can also send me an email if you want to do it by email, which I'm perfectly fine with, at LifestyleGBB at gmail.com. That's Lifestyle, G is in gay, B is in black, B is in boy, at gmail.com. I'll make sure to read what you say, what you send over to me. If I can respond, I'll respond. If I can't respond, I'm sorry. Maybe I'll respond to you on the show. If you decide to curse me out, feel free to do so. But know that after you reach three curse words, I'll probably stop reading. I'll get the gist of it from you calling me a fucking bitch asshole in like the first two minutes. I gotcha. <laughs> um, also, if you're listening on the Anchor app, who happens to be sponsoring this episode, but if you're listening and it's maybe four years from now, it may not be Anchor sponsoring the episode. But if you are listening on the Anchor app, you can feel free to send me a voice message on there. And, you know, we can communicate back and forth. I might even be able to feature you on the show and hear what you got to say or just play your voice message. We never know. Now today, I'm pretty sure I sound like I'm going through puberty all over again. I mean, more than I already do. I already sound like I'm going through puberty and I'm 30. It's ridiculous. But I do have a cold, which I'm pretty sure I have swine flu with a sprinkle of bird flu. And I'm I, I'm maybe about 50% sure there's a dash of Zika in there. You know, I don't know what's going to happen to me. I hope I make it through, but we'll see. Um... I will do my best to not sniffle, cough, or sneeze because sneezing, if, if anybody out there has been as sick as I am right now, when you sneeze to a certain extent, do your forearms hurt? Like now when I sneeze, my forearms and my hands hurt. And not like a little pain. It feels like somebody hit me in the arms with a sledgehammer when I sneeze now. That's how much I've been sneezing. I hate it. Um... But hopefully I can get through this without many sneezing and, uh, what is it, respiratory issues. But, of course, I will be taking a break somewhere in there. So that way I don't do it in your ears. So, uh, today's episode is called Gay Black and Moving On. Moving on. It's something that we have to do in this world. And it can be hugely important. And it can take us to limitless places we have never been. But before we get started, of course, I've got some updates for us. So first, I want to start off with what I didn't talk about last week, and that's the Sudan. So in the Sudan, the transitional council of government that is now in place has elected their prime minister. They have started to build their, I guess you could call a cabinet. I don't know if it'd be the same phrasing that we use for the United States government, but they are building a system to govern the country. Um, and now that the system is becoming bigger into play, a lot more women who are part of the protest movement are speaking out because women want to play a bigger role in this new free government that is there. And of course, if Sudan is anything like here, Black America in America, 
let's be honest, women take on a lot of the work and get pretty much none of the credit, if you want to be honest about it. It's time for a woman to win this country, and it, it's time. It's been time. I know it doesn't fit what the hashtag was originally for, but hashtag time is up. It's been time to have a woman in power because women will have you set, laid, and ready to go. Excuse me. In ways that you could have never imagined. So in the Sudan government that is now being put in place, women do want a bigger role. There have been more protests in March, not as the old protest march war that started the string of violence that was going there. But even in Cairo, Sudanese women are saying they want a role in the government and they are fighting for it. So I hope they get it. It's something that's beautiful to just see that there is change on the rise there. Puts a little bit of hope in my heart that, you know, we'll get our shit together here in America. Um, Another place I want to talk about is Kashmir. So in Kashmir, you know, I talked about it before. There was a media blackout and people weren't able to use their phones. They weren't able to talk. And this is when the Indian-led government wanted to take over Kashmir, take away its sovereignty as a nation, and put it under Indian-administered rule. Um, But in Kashmir... Indian politicians have been getting jailed and there's a crackdown against them now, which is helping the country of Kashmir itself hopefully win back its independence. Um, Things on Monday, the 42nd day of this lockdown in Kashmir changed when the family patriarch Farooq Abdullah was arrested and he was taken by the Public Safety Act, a law that allows detention without a trial for two years. The security crackdown in Kashmir was imposed hours before India abrogated a decade-old law which granted India's only Muslim-majority region a special status and protected its demography. So what all that means is... Sorry. uh, There was a crackdown that occurred in Kashmir that I talked about in the past. And now they have decided, because they are one of the Muslim-majority areas that is part of India, to say, hey, you can't come in here and tell us what to do. We have set up this space for ourselves, and we're going to take it back. And that's what's happening now. Um, There's more about it that you can definitely go and check out. Uh, News sources that I always like to use are BBC, Al Jazeera, CNN, Vice, Um, But there's independent news companies and news articles that are out there that are not going to be fake news, as we've heard so often. And another thing I want to talk about, and this has to do with the Amazon rainforest, the fires are still burning, just in case you're wondering. They are. And now climatologists are saying that these fires are just the beginning. They are the warning of the future of climate change. The fires are setting records like we've never seen before. These are the most fires that have ever been seen in the Amazon. Um, They have started to occur because of deforestation, uh, grazing lands that are being burnt down by companies so they can farm cows and pigs and all that shit. Um, You know, of course, there was farming in the region before, but never on the scale. So because of all these things happening, now the rainforest is burning. The lungs of our planet are on fire you know it was definitely in the forefront of the news weeks ago but now i haven't heard it on nightly news or primetime news at all so there are hopeful solutions to this but as of right now the amazonia is still being destroyed but there are forces of people out there who are fighting the good fight to try and change and stop these fires um i just hope that you guys look into it again bringing up more attention to an issue is always important because the more people keep it in the forefront of everybody's minds and the news together people can stop it um that's really what i have to say and then another attributing factor of why these wildfires are still burning and have been burning like crazy since 2016 there has been a noticeable decline in the rainfall that occurs during monsoon season and You know, it's all climate change. As rainfall stops, drier brush, drier stuff on the ground, easier to burn, 
It's just a cycle. It all goes and goes and goes and goes. It never ends. So we're all interconnected on this. That's the reason I want to talk about it. I hope you guys look into it again. There's tons of new sources out there. Get your own information and research. And you can also find the World Wildlife Fund and uh, humanitarian efforts to donate to or to lend your time to in any way, shape, or form if you want to contribute. So today's episode is all about moving on. And moving on is definitely something that is important in this world. It's important for us to do. So our quote for today is going to come from Robert Downey Jr. If you're not familiar who that is and you happen to be an Avengers fan, it's Iron Man. So what Robert Downey Jr. says is I think that the power is the principle. The principle of moving forward as though you have the confidence to move forward eventually gives you confidence when you look back and see what you've done. I chose that quote because it's so important when you are in the process of moving on to take a moment and look back and see what you've created by moving on. It's important. So, you know, moving on, I'm pretty sure we have all thought of the term or have been told it's time to move on or let it go. And if you're singing that wretched song in your head, I am not talking about that horrible Disney song about the frostbitten Cinderella girl riding off on her ice cube magic carpet to go sing a stupid ass song. Not talking about it because the cold did bother her and debate me on it bait me on it, I will tell you the cold bothered her. But when I talk about moving on, I'm focusing on the importance of moving from situations, events, people, and things that are taking away from you and not adding or providing any value to your life or your quality of life. You know, we can get caught up on so many things in this crazy world of life. I mean, for my own personal experience, It can be something as small as choosing what pair of socks I decide to wear in the day. Or it can be something as big as like a career choice or deciding when to move on from something romantic or a friendship that's completely plutonic. Or it's sometimes you just got to let some things go and it, it can be hard and it can be easy. But there's things that cause us humongous stress in our life. And the fact of moving on seems to be one of the biggest stressful parts of it. You know, one of the biggest stressors that is um, documented by the American Psychological Society, I think is what it's called, or Psychology Society, is your career or your work and also your interpersonal relationships, your love life, your friendships. Those can be some of the major stressors that we face as adults. You know, as a kid, I didn't really think too much about it, but as an adult, it can be huge. You know, so moving on from those things can feel like you are turning on yourself. It can feel like you're trying to push them out and out the way. It can really feel like you're trying to fit into that pair of jeans that happen to be a waist size 28 and you've been staring at them for four months on your wing chair in your living room saying, I'm going to fit into those. And eventually, it'll happen, but you just got to keep yourself going. Because you don't want to put them away, because when you put them away, then you're like, well, damn, I wasn't going to fit into those in the first place. But uh, when you are ready to move on, there are some things that are going to come up. There's things that are going to come into play. You know, one scenario, I think, when I had to move on from something, I had to move on from fried chicken and fast food. I had to move on. And I know it sounds completely ridiculous, but I had to tell fast food and my weekly fried chicken day, y'all gotta go. I had to tell them, get up out my space because I can't hold on to you. You know, the reason being at this point in my life, I don't burn calories as easily as I used to. And it seems like one day of bad eating equals to me waking up 30 pounds heavier or having the worst fucking stomach ache of my life. Like, I literally feel like somebody is just 
two-piece combo punching me in my stomach as I sleep. And I'm like, well, damn, it was one day. That was all it was. It wasn't even a full day. It was maybe two hours of me eating bad stuff. But the other part of it was I realized I was spending crazy amounts of money on this food. This food that I would go and buy or order off of Grubhub or Uber Eats or God forbid if I was roughing up Postmates because they are just terrible here in Rochester. But I'd spend this money, get the food. I would enjoy eating the food, but then immediately after, I would be pissed that I spent 20 bucks to get four pieces of fried chicken delivered from the Chinese restaurant, maybe with some crab rangoon and french fries. And then I'm like, well, that's $20 gone. Now I'm annoyed at myself because I taste fried chicken and I don't have more to eat. And on top of that, I know now I'm going to weigh even more when I wake up in the fucking morning. Yeah, this did nothing for me to sustain me over the weekend. So now I have to go make more food or I have to go buy more food. There was no intrinsic value added to my life from getting this food. And even though, trust me, I love eating fried chicken. I love eating fast food. And I know some people say, well, you're just feeding into the stereotype. Well, that stereotype puts love in my tummy because I love fried chicken. And there are so many cultures out there that do. Every culture has their own version of fried chicken. And most of it is delicious. And then some of it needs to be thrown out in the trash because gross. Frosted Flakes fried chicken. I saw that abomination. Don't you ever bring that in my house. But I knew that I had to tell my habit of eating bad food and fast foods. It was time for me to move on. You know, I took that on because I would always say weekly, that would be my reward. Ordering that food was my reward throughout the week of eating healthy, exercising, and saving money. But then I realized, even though I'm saying that this is a huge reward for me and it's doing something that I want to do and adding a great little exclamation point or happy piece to my week or weekend, I wasn't enjoying it as much as I thought I did. I enjoyed that little endorphin rush of biting into that crispy piece of chicken, but then I regretted it immediately afterwards. There was nothing there. And it actually did get a little stressful to say, you know what, I want to give this up. Because then I was like, well, what is going to be my reward for the weekend? Now I have to think of other things that I want to do. Now I have to think of other things I want to eat as a reward. And you know what? That's okay. But that stressor is what was like, well, why change something if it's not broken? And secretly, it was broken. Uh, and I was secretly just, it was broken and I was dealing with the broke part of it unhealthily by literally talking shit to myself in the mirror for four hours after eating some chicken. Not worth it. You know, now I can take the same scenario into a major part of my life. And this has to do with jobs and careers. You know, I've always been a person who's like, I'm going to chase after the bag. I'm going to get my money, my coins, my ducats, my doubloons. I will get my 10 pence and enjoy it. And I was always that way because I love being independent. Independence has always been important for me. And if you know about being independent, one of the biggest parts about being independent is being able to support yourself financially. So I bring it up because when you are moving on, there is, you know, always some kind of attachment to the thing you're trying to move on from. Moving on wouldn't be such a big thing for people if it was easy to do. It's not easy to do. And it's not easy to do because whatever you're holding on to, whatever has you in that place to not move on is adding something to you, maybe not value, but it's adding something to you. It's created some type of attachment for a reason. With a career, of course, one of the big attachments is money. I mean, we all 
work to get money. At the end of the day, you may love your people that you work with. You may have a lot of friends there. You may enjoy your office. Maybe there's a hand soap that just happens to smell quite lovely. But you got that job because you needed money. All those other things are just little perks that are a part of the job. And one of the things that I've noticed when it's a huge stressor to move on from a job is because that money has become a source of stability in my life. That money has helped me support my habit of fried chicken and then talking shit about myself in the mirror. (laughs) It has helped me watch as much anime and sit in front of my fireplace sipping bottles of wine because it's money. It's helped me do that. You know, so moving on can be a little hard. So I'll take one example. When I first relocated back to New York, I was working one of the highest paying jobs I had ever had. And this was like after making just enough to be paycheck to paycheck. So I was like, oh yes, I'm gonna work a job where I get enough doubloons to sit here and say, okay, I wanna have Kleenex today, not just tissue. (laughs) Or I would say something like, wait, I can have Simply Lemonade and not powder mix? Sold. That was the kind of money I was like, oh shit, I can be a little bougie here. So working this job, it was great. And it's a part of where I developed my career at in adult education when I came back to New York. I loved the work that I was doing. The work that I was doing, I felt was amazing. I felt I got to touch people in a way that was fun. It was exciting. It was always brand new. So I wanted to work this job. I didn't want to leave. And unfortunately, there were a lot of things that occurred outside of the classroom of this adult education environment that unfortunately were still a part of the work environment that were very negative. You know, working the job I was working, I was the only black cisgendered male in my department. My department, of course, was adult education. And working in this field with healthcare and teaching people about healthcare, how to enroll people into healthcare systems, it was fantastic. It was always fun to me because it would help me build people's confidence. It would build my confidence. I was taking people who maybe thought they could have never done this kind of work and having them excel and become champions at this work. Being the only black male on the team, I was already, I guess you can say, Uh, maybe on an island in a way by myself. The second part of it, most of the team, especially the management of the team, happened to be white and older and did not come from the environment or the background where a lot of the people on the team did come from or maybe didn't relate or understand the, I guess you could say, influences and directions that things went and how they occurred. There were instances where there was no job safety. You know, other people who were working as instructors had participants in the class threaten them, have verbal altercations. I mean, there were definitely tons of physical altercations that occurred in that work environment. And when I tried to bring those things up to management, I was made to look like I was just an angry black man as opposed to, hey, This is what's going on in these classrooms. We need more assistance than just what you're giving. You're just throwing at us a walkie-talkie and slapping a Band-Aid on an issue where somebody could bring a gun in here and blow us away. So unfortunately, that became a very prevalent thing in that job. So I felt myself changing. I went from being a very outgoing, happy person always there to just having that energy in my classroom and then becoming completely, I would say, uh, non-emotional when it was outside of the classroom. I wasn't rude or mean to anybody, but I definitely faked all of my emotions. And people knew it because I was just there at that point just for the bag. I just wanted the money. 
you know, I began to second guess my career choice because I was like, I know I'm not crazy, but I'm bringing up something to people where they would have to do an effective change. And unfortunately, this company is just about money and not actually working to employ people. It was an employment factory, unfortunately. So when I started to second guess my career, I would always talk myself into the fact that the money was amazing. This money was fantastic. It was amazing. I made it come up as fast as I had ever come in my life. I could drown myself in fried chicken and french fries. I could literally go get bottle after bottle after bottle of Simply Lemonade. And I could buy as many video games and watch as much anime as I wanted to because I could pay for any streaming service I wanted. But still, at the end of the day, I was empty. I hated the eight and a half hours I had to spend in that building because it was just frustrating. You know, I felt like I was screaming out my lungs at the top of a room and people were just looking at me like, oh, no, that fire that's over there, that's under control. He's just paranoid. And I didn't like it. So battling with those emotions, I found myself getting very angry, bottling up my anger. And then on the weekends, I would go balls to the walls and get blackout drunk every weekend on the drop of a dime. Friday, I leave work, be at a bar. Friday night at another bar. Saturday, waking up at a bar, waking up in somebody's house completely drunk and just going hardcore. And I had to check myself at one point when I found myself waking up on a park bench blocks away from my apartment, not realizing that I had gotten so drunk that I passed out on a bench. So I had to find my way out. I had to make a plan because the money wasn't worth it. The money wasn't worth it. And yes, that money kept me there, but that was the thing I had to move on from. And it was hard. Money is a hard thing to move on from. Money can be better than good dick. Let's be quite real about it. So I made a plan. I got myself out of there. And I had to look at myself and say, hey, girl, you know what's going on here right now? Is you are selling out to something that's not adding any positive benefit to your life. Yes, you have your creature comforts. But what are you giving up to have those creature comforts? I was like, what is What am I giving up? I gave up my happiness. I gave up my inner peace. I gave up my joy. So I had to find a way to get out of there. And I did that. I made my plan. I got up from my desk, knocked on my supervisor's door, went in there and said, hey girl, so I'm going to be resigning after this class is over that I'm teaching, but thanks for having me. You know, and I came to that decision by doing an actual chart. I did like a little pie graph you know, where you draw two big circles and then you draw like a circle in between where everything can match with what you're drawing for. And I put positive and negatives there. No, it's a Venn diagram is what it's called. But I did positive and negatives there. And I realized that the negatives greatly outweighed the positives. And because of that, that let me know, hey, it's time to go. It is time to go because money is out there. I can go find more money. I may not be able to have all the creature comforts I like, but I know I can sustain my life. I can build again and I can go get the money that I know I deserve to be paid and still be happy at the same time. So that was one area I had to think about when it came to career and moving on and being happy. Now, I'm fighting back another sneeze. So we're going to go ahead and take a little break here, but I'll be back. Hey guys. Okay. I'm back. Um, I got out the sneeze, hopefully a good majority of that good old flu. And let's get back into this. So the next area that I want to focus on has to do with our interpersonal relationships when it comes to moving on, when it comes to moving on and moving on from a relationship or friendship or someone you've built some kind of personal connection with, it can be hard like hard hard super hard hard enough that you will run into it look at yourself and wonder why you even built this bridge in the first place so when i think about our interpersonal relationships i mean we're humans humans are designed to associate with each other we are like bacteria that are 
all on this one organism called Earth, and we just kind of relate to each other, exchange different ideas and thoughts and processes and everything, and we do that because we're human. We're all bound to, in a way that I like to call it, we're bound to this shitty existence at times, but then other times it can be fantastic and it can be beautiful. But because of that, we end up getting very tied in with each other. It gets messy. We build bridges. You know, it's kind of like we get a ball of yarn and we somehow get tangled all up in this yarn together. And sometimes it can be fun. Sometimes it can be great. And then, of course, because we're all together in this yarn, we build up friction. We can shock each other. And, you know, shit can get a little messy sometimes. It happens. But it's not all bad. It really isn't bad. You know, because we're designed to relate with each other in this way, our relationships can be very enriching. Like, oh my God, y'all, taking a nice soak in a eucalyptus aloe bath. Oh, it's, it's like a high peak. It's like this really great high peak that you can have. It can be soothing. It can be very nutritional to your skin and beneficial. If you have not had one of those baths, I suggest that you do it. But go to a hotel and fuck up their bathtub. Don't do it in yours because you're going to need like four bottles of Drano afterwards. Or, you know, some of these interpersonal relationships, they can have very high peaks and then super, super deep valleys. You know, I'll equate that to, you know, the high peak of an all-night meth binge and then the incredibly low valley of a devastating morning after an all-night meth binge. You know, I recently started watching a TV show, um, and it's on MTV. It's called Ghosted. If you are familiar with it, it is a very interesting show, and it has to do with relationships that have dissipated, destroyed. I mean, it helps connect people who were ghosted by someone that they loved or cared about. And if you don't know what ghosting is, that is essentially when, let's say we have a great relationship, we're talking, we see each other all the time, and then one day you go and try to talk to this person. Maybe you try to pick up your phone and call them, and all of a sudden you're blocked, you're always going to voicemail. Or you text them and they never respond back. You go on the social medias and you can't find them because they have blocked you or blacklisted you. And for no reason at all, or at least not for a reason that you know of, you can't hear from them, you don't hear back from them, and poof, they're gone. They have become Casper. They have a ghosted you. They have become more incognito than Donald Trump's resume. I can't believe I said his name. Individual one. (laughs) but that is what ghosting is so as someone who has been ghosted I know how that feels it feels terrible because I felt I built a very deep intense connection with this person who has disappeared on me and now all I'm feeling is anger hurt and pain because I don't know why they disappeared you know I don't see them around anymore I don't get to talk to them I'm just building anger and resentment now now that is a reason to move on it's a reason to move on because I look at myself I didn't want to date. I'm still not much of a dater, but I had a huge aversion to it after getting ghosted. I'm like, forget that. The next nigga's going to do the exact same fucking thing. Fuck all of them. And then I completely went on to fuck friendships, fuck connecting with people, fuck getting close to anybody that's not me, my keyboard, my PlayStation controller, or whatever food is about to love my tummy tonight. That's how I was. I was like, fuck it. You can't trust people. And that was all of the hurt that I was holding on to and building on because I was hurt by somebody else. Now, we hold on to these feelings because, you know, if you let them go, you may feel like that person has now won. You may feel like you're giving that person a pass because you're not holding on to that anger that you had on them anymore. You're not holding on to that hate and that hurt anymore. And by you letting it go and by you moving on, in a way, you feel like, no, that means that bitch won and I refuse to lose. And now, if you're like me, 
I hate losing. I hate losing completely. Like, I hate losing to the point where even if I'm playing a card game with, like, eight-year-olds, I will keep playing until I win. I know. Petty. Terrible. I will be like, oh, you thought you beat me in Uno? Oh, no, you didn't beat me in Uno. We're playing again. (laughs) That's how competitive I am. I hate losing. But I know that feeling when you feel like, well, if I let this go or if I move on from this hurt and pain, that person is now one because they have essentially hurt me, harmed me and wronged me. And now I'm moving on like it never happened. I have to tell you that is not the case. That is not the case at all. Letting that go, moving on from that hurt, that anger, that pain, that fire that's inside of hate that you may have built for that person moving on from it is them not winning it is you reclaiming your life taking back your time and saying oh bitch you thought you beat me but here's a 12 hit combo along with a super combo and i'm gonna do down forward plus b on that ass that is what you're doing by moving on from those feelings my gamers out there got that reference (laughs) if you're not a gamer just type in down forward b on google and you'll get millions of games (laughs) that have that same code combination and you'll understand it but by moving on from those feelings you're really doing something beautiful for yourself you know when it comes to friendships and relationships when you hold on to the hurt of a past friendship or relationship, it's only going to affect your future friendship and relationships in a negative way. It will really only do that. Now, I'm not saying pretend like the situation never happened to you. You know, when somebody takes advantage of you or somebody hurts you or does something to you that really affects your life negatively, you do have to let go of the feelings, but remember the lessons you've learned from it. Look out for warning signs, be prepared for what could come your way, and be prepared to have a plan to protect yourself. That is very important. But the hurt itself, you have to let that go. And you have to let that go because when you try to build future relationships and friendships, that hurt, if you don't let it go, will always find a way to infect that friendship or relationship somehow, some way, shape, or form. Because you're going to be looking at that person, well, they must be trying to hurt me, so let me hurt them first. Excuse me. Or you're going to look at that person and say, well, you know what? I got to sit here and do something about this. So I'm just going to figure out a way to end this fast as opposed to dealing with the situation, talking about it and moving on. Because in friendships and along with relationships, there's always going to be some kind of friction. Something's going to happen. I mean, you are going to be in close vicinity with this person. At some point, one thing or another is going to shock you. But having a healthy way to talk about it move forward and get on with it is great. You know, one area that I haven't heard too often, and I hope I'm coining the term, but I may not be coining the term, is there is interpersonal trauma that we can end up developing, experiencing, or even doing to other people. Interpersonal trauma, I don't take that as physical trauma. I take it as more mental trauma where you there's things that will always stick out in your friendships where I can say to a friend, oh, you remember that time? Or my friend Danny and there was a situation, we were at a bar and I threw a dart at him and I feel bad about it every time I ever think about it. Anytime he brings it up, I'm like, well, goddamn, Andrew, you're just a shitty piece of shit for doing that to him. And I feel bad about it. But it's one of those things that always sticks in my head. But I'm happy we were able to move on forward from it because it has helped us grow as friends. But there's things that can happen physically. But then there's also that emotional trauma or emotional pain that can happen because there's going to be moments you're experiencing with your friends, especially true friends, who are going to see what your worst. And maybe your worst is not something they can handle. That's okay. It may create trauma for that individual or for you, but one of the greatest things about it is when you have a real friendship, you can talk about it and move on. But when you have a situation where maybe you couldn't talk to that person about it or something happened or they ghosted you and you can't talk about it and move on, there's always a great resource out there. 
one of the best resources I think for dealing with interpersonal trauma and getting into this process of moving on from your relationship with another individual it's therapy it's therapy therapy has been incredibly useful for me in my life I will always say therapy is good and when you go to therapy one of the things you may have to move on from if you come from a background where people did not go to therapy or if you're a part of the black or african-american community sometimes you may have heard someone brought up therapy and everybody looked at them like oh bitch what the fuck is wrong with you you have to move on from that feeling you may have to move on from that memory because therapy isn't about something always being wrong it's just sometimes about needing somebody to talk to and help you process something that maybe you can't process on your own and not being able to move on for a situation can be that you not be able to process it on your own so sometimes you need a little bit of help you need an outside source an outside professional to say hey help me sort out all these sticky icky feelings that i have that i just can't seem to shake or resolve and they'll be like okay let's talk about it let's just sit here and talk and sometimes they don't even have to say anything i know there's sessions that i have where my therapist is just sat there and i mean there's definitely some interjection there there's things that have happened but i'll just start talking talking through a situation and then next thing I know I'm like Andrew are you fucking serious you're crying because you didn't put the cereal away today girl get it together that's not what you're crying about there's other things we need to talk about here the cereal is not what you're focused on there's things like that I I know it's a very abstract situation may not make sense to everybody on the phone or well everybody who's listening (laughs) I don't know why I said on the phone but Therapy is fantastic for these types of situations, especially when you're ready to move on and you know you need to move on. And your body will tell you when it's time to move on if you don't start doing it on your own. Your body's going to give you signals. You're going to start doing things you may have never done. Your immune system is probably going to get fucked up. You'll probably notice you're getting sick a lot more often or you're not sleeping the way you should be sleeping. Your body is going to tell you, hey girl, it's time to pick up your bags Pick up those underwear, put them on all the way up to your nips, and get out of here. It's time to move on. It'll do it. Your body will tell you. So I will say therapy is fantastic. It is great. It is something that anybody, especially if you're trying to move on from a situation, go find yourself a therapist. They are fantastic. Another thing that I've learned when it comes to moving on, especially from an interpersonal relationship with somebody is I'm pretty sure when you're friends with somebody or you've been in a relationship you had activities that you would do together things that were your thing your song your dance your video game your hot pocket choice I mean whatever it is you may have to go back and relearn that experience without that individual you have to go back and rediscover your love for it, what you enjoyed about it, minus that other person when you're ready to move on. You know, you can avoid it, and sometimes there's things you can avoid. Let's say there's a beach you guys always went to. Well, there's three million other beaches, so maybe you'll go to other beaches, and you just won't go to that one for quite some time. Or maybe there's a video game you guys would have always played together, and you're like, well, you know what? There's 50 other video games that are out being released today. Let me go get one of those. I'll focus on these video games and our video game could just sit on dust or I'll trade it in and use it to find something else. But then there's things that you may not be able to avoid. I mean, I like fried chicken. I enjoy eating fried chicken with other people. Just because somebody has fucked me over, I'm not going to stop eating my fried chicken. So I'm going to go find my love for fried chicken on my own. I'm going to go back to it. I'm going to eat it. I might cry while I'm eating it the first six times. Then the seventh time, it's going to be the second thought in my head that I used to do this with this other person. That activity is going to bring up that person's memory so many times until the day it doesn't. And I say it that way because there's no telling when that day will come. But if you just give up on it and completely avoid it, that day will never come. So sometimes you just have to go out there and just keep experiencing that thing that you would have experienced with another person on your own. And you'll find out that you either love it completely or then you might even realize this was just fucking stupid and I was doing it because this other person liked it. You know, 
There's so many ways it can go. There's so many things that can happen. So don't give up on it. Figure out where you are and rediscover yourself in that situation. When you're moving on from something or somebody, you'll rediscover yourself in a way you may not have imagined. Who knows? This whole time you could have been a creative peacock and you may have never known it until you decided to move on on your own. You know, the process of moving on, it is not easy. I know I just talked about it like it's just, oh, now it's July. And no, it's hard work. The process of moving on, it takes work, it takes time, and it takes patience. It takes a lot of patience. Because just when you think you may have moved on completely, something's going to come around and push you right on back to that spot you thought you were out of. But don't give up. The more you get pushed back, that just means the more progress you're making. You're making more progress every time you unearth something else that brings up that memory again or tries to reel you back into that thing you're moving on. You're making more progress because it's almost like a child having a temper tantrum. They'll start off with this little cry. They'll try to get their way. If that doesn't work, then they'll get a bigger cry. They might start screaming and yelling. If that doesn't work, then they might fall out on the floor, say they hate you, try to guilt you into something, try to make you feel bad. And then if that doesn't work, they'll try something extreme. They might try to hit you if they're a child who has no home training, or they might try to do something just completely out the blue to try and shock you into coming back. But each time you ignore it and they go through those stages, eventually they just quiet the fuck down and they go sit back in their little corner and they're like, oh, well, I tried every tactic I had and it's not working. That's the same thing when it comes to moving on from something. There's going to be these agitators, these things that try to reel you back in to that same situation. Just know, even though you're having an emotional response and you're upset and maybe bothered by it, that does not mean you have lost ground on the progress you have made. That means you're just digging out all the things that we draw you back in and you're almost in the clear. I think that sums it up. (laughs) I didn't see this going that way. I think that sums it up. I... High five, Andrew. I got to sing my praises on that one because I didn't know where that sentence was going. I didn't know where that little flourish of words was going to end up at, but it ended up someplace I think was pretty nice. So one other thing that I do want to talk about, and, you know, sometimes I'll do my little lifestyle lens of things that I look at that maybe have bothered me or have been really good throughout the week. I have had a chance to start looking into more of the Democratic nominees or for president or who are trying to run for president. And I've been reading more and seeing more of the things they're saying, the things they're doing, the things they're supporting. And I still have not made my decision of who I'm going to support. But one person I do want to talk about is Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang, I mentioned him, I think, last week, has a proposal for what's called the Freedom Dividend. And the freedom dividend would also be known as universal income for every American, where every American family or every adult American would be given $1,000 a month. And that $1,000 a month would be for you to use however you need to use it. $12,000 a year is what it would equate to. And the real scheme of prospering as Americans, it's very little money. I mean, it can help you with some things, but not everything. And it definitely does not support all of the financial obligations any individual living adult would have in their life. But it is the opportunity to have a little breather. You know, 78% of Americans, and I think I said this last week as well, are just one medical scare away from being homeless, losing their job, losing their way of life, being able to support themselves, having to move back into their parents' attic. 78% of Americans are there, and they have families, they have children, they have people who depend on them. This freedom dividend, this $1,000 a month, can be a little cushion to say, hey, okay, maybe something could happen, but I have this little cushion of a backup to ensure that maybe my way of life won't be destroyed. It can just be maintained, which is good. 
So if you get a chance, I would suggest you check out Yang, Y-A-N-G, 2020.com. And now my nose has gotten super stuffed up, so I know I sound weird. And get the information on it. Look at what he's saying. I still don't endorse him yet to say this is who I want to be president, but he has definitely won me over as somebody I want to look into more. There are other candidates out there. You know what? I think I'll talk about each of them coming up in the next couple of weeks of this podcast of people who I looked at, researched it, brought the information out about so we can see from there. Um, so that's where we're going to end the show today, guys. And I'm trying to finish this while I can still talk and not sound super crazy, but I'm pretty sure I sound incredibly whiny and nasally right now. Can you even say it right? Whiny and nasally right now. So a new venture that I am embarking on with my friend Danny. Uh, and Danny has been on an episode of Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy. He was one third of the host or co-host that I had for the Gay Black and Kinky episode. So, Danny and I have started a new podcast called Some Meta Shit. Some Meta Shit is going to be a podcast about meta and what meta is and words, language, and conversations and discussions we have in our everyday life. If you're not familiar with what it is to be meta, meta is when you take a look at something that you're doing in the context that you're doing it in. So an example of being meta is saying, hey, I'm doing this podcast because I like podcasts. Again, I podcast because this podcast is the shit. Maybe something like that. There's not really a good example of meta. I am trying to sum it up in a way that actually works because I'm still learning what being meta is. And Danny's a very meta individual, so he's going to be kind of the lead for this podcast, but in a way for us to talk and educate myself and others and people who are listening. And meta, if you watch the show Rick and Morty, if you watch Community, if you have seen the Deadpool movies, a lot of that comedy and humor is meta, where they break that fourth wall and let you know that, yes, I'm a character in a movie, and this is what is happening in the movie, and you're watching it happen in this movie. That's kind of a meta situation or explanation. So some meta shit is available on Anchor. It's also going to be available on all podcast podcast platforms very soon. I will make sure to tag the information in the bio of this podcast episode. So that way you guys can listen to it and I hope you enjoy it. I mean, as always, if you want to interact with the show, I ask that you please do. And for the people who are showing love, I super appreciate it. I love that you guys love this content. And I'm going to keep doing more because without you guys, this is not possible. The only thing that I ask that you do is if you share, rate this podcast, add a review to this podcast, the more that you do that, it makes it easier for me to make content and share it with other people. So please, I just ask you to rate and review and thank you so much for listening. If you want to contribute, feel free to find me on the social medias at Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy, or you can look up Lifestyle GBB. Also, you can interact via email at Lifestyle G as in gay, B as in black, B as in boy at gmail.com. That's Lifestyle GBB at gmail.com. I'll be sure to look into it and get back to you. And hopefully I'll feature your stuff on the show. So we're going to have our ending quote here today. While I can still talk, this comes from Joseph Campbell. And Joseph Campbell said, we must be willing to let go of the life we've planned. So as to have the life that is waiting for us. All right, y'all have a great weekend.